Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. In this episode of The Greener Way, senior journalist Rose Petrus and I have a look at what caught our eye recently, the big movements in the sustainability space in the month of May, and what we're covering in coming weeks. Hi, Rose. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's been a really busy month at FS Sustainability. Um, Rose, what stood out to you in the month of May? Absolutely. It was very busy. We had the RIA conference this month. That was very interesting. Um, a lot of interesting topics came out of that from um, carbon offsets to modern slavery and even psychosocial safety in the workplace. Mm. What stood out to me at that conference specifically, um, there was a lot of talk about investing in Indigenous businesses, which is quite an underexplored market, and there's Mm. a lot of potential there for closing the health and wealth gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and also for solving the climate crisis Mm. because although Indigenous peoples represent less than 5% of the population worldwide, they protect 80% of biodiversity. Yeah, I thought Rio was a really fascinating conference. Uh, we were really delighted to be the uh, the only media partner to RI Australia uh, during the month of May. Um, I think from that particular one, there was a heavy focus on human rights as well that I that really stood out to me. So from my perspective, um, having um, Tamoya Obakata, the special rapporteur on contemporary forms of slavery from the UN, um, and had a really interesting speech where he mentioned that divestment should really be possibly the last resort for investors where they find portfolio companies uh, that have instances of modern slavery. He was really saying that investors should lean in and be part of uh, finding the solution for risks of modern slavery. And then, you know, sort of later on in the conference, um, RIA had launched an armed conflict toolkit for investors, um, really off the back of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, other conflict hotspots, sort of the, not just the risks, but the responsibilities that companies and investors have under international human rights law. both whether or not they need to pull out of com- countries or if they're providing essential services for for civilians in conflict zones how do they manage staying involved if they're you know providing essential services like hospital services or providing food to civilians um it's it was an interesting extension of of human rights considerations yes i also found that really fascinating and it definitely ties back again to the issue of the of the just transition when we're talking about clean energy transition. Um, What is the line between engaging with a, for example, um, an energy company and deciding that, okay, now it's time to divest because at that point you are abandoning a lot of the workers potentially um, that may find it difficult to find another job um, in the clean energy transition. Uh, And that was another of the topics at the RIA conference where industry leaders really delivered a warning to Australian companies and the government to ensure that the workers are not left behind. And they, they warned that it could potentially lead to a rise in what we're seeing with the anti-woke and anti-ESG movement in the US. Very true. 
Yeah, look, human rights and divestment was also another topic that we saw at the Axie conference earlier in the month. So I think there's going to be no pause in, in the way that investors and companies are confronted with human rights exposures. And honestly, it was one of the more fascinating things at our own event, um, the ESG Best Practice Forum for Financial Standard, where we had the launch of the ESG Power 50 um, and that panel with three sustainability professionals who got heavily into modern slavery risks, occupational health and safety, psychosocial safety, you also name checked. So it's it's interesting to see that this is an issue, not just for investors, but the companies in Australia as well. And talking about the ESG professionals, we also had an ESG salary report, which revealed the um, salary for ESG professionals across the investment sector, saying that demand is definitely not abating. Demand is very high for these professionals. This is a report from Kaizen Recruitment, and the report revealed that the salary, average salary for a senior ESG manager is looking to be from 220000 to 270000 and for a head of ESG, it can go even higher than $325,000. So if you're in that sector, get ready to increase your salary in the next few years because our recruitment specialist expert there that we talked to said um, that is there's no sign that that is going to slow anytime soon. Uh, no sign of the anti-ESG movement affecting salaries at the very least people. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose, what's on your agenda going forward? What sort of articles are you working on at the moment? With the safeguard mechanism set to come into effect on July 1st, the big emitters will be forced to reduce their carbon footprint by 4.9% every year. This means that references or claims um, of being carbon neutral or net zero or any words to that effect um, being used in marketing or in reports will really need to be backed up because um, we've seen a rise in, in greenwashing crackdown a lot recently and it's only going to be under even greater scrutiny. Totally agree with you there, Rose. Um, for my part, uh, given that the government just released the M Macmillan Review, which covered uh, sort of the, the way that the Modern Slavery Act in Australia has operated for the first three years and what reforms are necessary going forward, um, one thing that really stood out is that um, there's a clear call to enhance the act to include what's called human rights due diligence, which is a whole bunch of responsibility as, on companies to prove that not only are they looking at the risks of human rights, of modern slavery and forced labor and their supply chains, uh, but to talk about what they're doing to remedy those risks and where they're finding them, what the recompense is. It's going to be really interesting to see what that looks like, whether or not there's some prescriptive standards that companies have to adhere to or whether it's a more principles-based approach. Um, the review certainly refer referred to the UN guiding principles as a foundation for that. Um, and I think it's really going to be an interesting conversation going forward if that's introduced as a reform at government. A question I've been turning over in my mind for probably more than a year now is um, carbon capture and storage. Um, it's always been proposed as one of the ways that we deal with adaptation to climate risk. But one of the questions I've always wondered about, and nobody seems to have an answer that I'm satisfied with yet, is who's going to guarantee the forever part of the sequestration, um, whether or not it's stipulated in contracts, whether some point companies are meant to do this into infinity, or whether or not at some point uh, governments have to take over the guaranteeing of sequestration of carbon dioxide. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. It's not quite ready for print yet, but uh, I'm, I'm carrying on. 
All right. Well, Rose, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Greener Way. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed a little peek into how we conduct our conversations and uh, direct our editorial coverage. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to The Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.